0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Planes on the Prairie Podcast. I am Max. And I'm Sam. And today we have another episode of our North Dakota Aces series. Um, today we're going to be focusing on Norman E. Olson. Um, Norman was a P47 and P51 pilot um during the Second World War with the 357th Fighter Group. Um, specifically, I think was it the 367 or 357th Fighter Squadron? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be digging into his life, uh, what he flew um the unit that he flew with the 357 fighter squadron and uh yeah we'll wrap it up with um some of his aircraft yeah, so it'll
1: be a good mix-up after constant F6F Hellcat. Yep. Is- yeah,
0: we hope uh, we hope you guys have been able to get through some of those um, Hellcat episodes. I know the last one was so cool. I, yeah, they've they all been yeah. really cool. I, I had a good friend. I'll give a quick shout-out to my man, Chris, who gave it a listen and then messaged me saying it was a really good episode. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. we thank
1: you guys for all your feedback, too, and yeah. you know, whatever we can do to improve the podcast or any ideas you have, as always, feel free to shoot the, those messages.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so without further ado, Sam, do you want to get started? Yeah, let's dig in. Let's do it. So Norman E. Olson was born on March 19th, 1950, 1915, excuse me, in Winnipeg, Canada. So before we even go any further, yes, he was born in Canada, but at an unknown, unknown date, it said that he moved to North Dakota, Um, specifically here in Fargo and graduated from Fargo Central High School and then attended Marquette University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Now, Sam, I know that you also attended school here in Fargo. What high school did you go to? I
1: went to Fargo South. Fargo Central, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Fargo Central was when the town was much smaller. That was the only school in town. And then Fargo North and Fargo South split
0: off, so they became two separate. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, so as we mentioned, he was studying at Marquette University in Milwaukee, and I think his sophomore year he dropped out and enlisted in the Army Air Forces in 1941. Um, so it said here that he earned his wings with Class 42E at Foster Field, um, later nicknamed or named Foster Air Force Base uh, near Victoria, Texas. And was then assigned to the 50th Fighter Group. Um, the 50th Fighter Group would eventually become the 355th Fighter Group, and Olson would be assigned to the 357th Fighter Squadron um, during his training. It's um, flying P40s and then P47s. Uh, so, Sam, maybe you can fill in on this. Do I guess? Would those soldiers were P40s like a pretty basic aircraft to fly like in an early role?
1: I wouldn't call them basic, but they were serviceable. I mean, they were kind of what we had at the beginning of the war. So they they kind of used P-40s and P-39s for this role after, you know, they they were serviceable, like I just said. Mm-hmm. They weren't the be-all, end-all. We needed improvements on our frontline fighters. And the P-40s eventually got phased out in the fighter pursuit role and moved to the ground attack. But a lot of them became trainers, and gotcha. matched, well, like fighter transition trainers. Basically.
0: So he would have probably started off flying something like, let's say, a PT-19 and then yeah,
1: uh, probably a steerman first okay and then into something like a maybe did the pt-19 but probably not most okay. likely moved into the bt-13 Valiant. 13 and then potentially yeah and then moved into the t6 and then into the fighter gotcha uh, they yeah. could have also p40s were still frontline fighters with some fighter squadrons early 42 because mm-hmm. if he uh, graduated 42 e or echo that's the fifth class okay um, so of 1942 gotcha so just alphanumeric there. Yeah, makes but, sense. But yeah, most likely um, it could have been both
0: cases. Cool. Yeah. I saw that his training took him through Langley, um, Virginia, uh, multiple air bases in mm-hmm. Texas. So, um, yeah, some of those really big Air Force uh, or Army, excuse me, Army Air Force bases back in the forties. Um, so as a, as we mentioned, he was allocated to three fifty seventh Fighter Squadron of the three fifty fifth Fighter Group, and then shipped to England in mid nineteen forty three. So, the 357th, along with its sister units, I think the 358th and 359th, or 356. I don't remember seeing it, unfortunately. Other 350s. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's in that that ballpark range, but they were stationed at RAF Steeple Morden. Um, did you find out? I, I couldn't really necessarily pin down where that was exactly located. Um, no, I couldn't do yeah, either. It, so. It's kind of wild. You know, you think about all the ex Army Air, well, Air Force bases from the Cold War era here in the United States. And then you look at England, former littered
1: everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. So there's, <laughs> it could have been anywhere. Yeah. I mean, there's so many of them out I there. I know
0: like some of the famous ones are like, was it Co- Kensington or something yeah. like that? Um. You know, really famous ones, especially ones that had a uh, bomber. Yeah. Them down. yeah, yep. yeah just Absolutely. A lot of things. Yeah. Um, so as we mentioned, he was stationed at RAF Steeple Morton. And then at the time he was a lieutenant and he actually flew. I, I don't know if this is 100% true, but he flew on the 355th's uh, first combat mission on September 14th, 1943. Yep. So I don't know if he was alone on that. More than likely he was not especially if that was a fighter sweep Um, in the low countries of Europe, that being Holland, the Netherlands and Luxembourg. Um, But, you know, pretty cool to think that he was actually on that first uh, mission. So on Olsen's 18th mission, um, unfortunately, there was not a date available for it, but he shot down a Luftwaffe ME-210 near Mons, Belgium, and that was his first kill. And you know, interesting. This isn't our first time that we've talked about the ME4 or excuse me, the ME210. Yeah, it was the podcast. Um, I
1: forget whose it was. Was it Cohen? I believe it was Cohen's because um yeah, Bloomer was all 190s. Yep. Yep. So it was Cohen. <laughs> but yeah, that's like we talked about with uh check last week, some weird, weird victory. Yep, yeah. absolutely.
0: Um, I'd say that was probably Olson's only really odd victory. Yeah. I think he only for the rest of his kills. I mean, at least the ones that are known um 109s. it was 109s and then I think his last one was a, a 198. 190. Yep. but um on November 13th he scored his second kill against a, a bf-109 um unfortunately it didn't have a date or well it did have a date I just said it but uh, a location of where it went down mm-hmm. um and then on February 5th uh to ring in somewhat of a new year he managed to shoot down two more enemy aircraft on the same day um bringing his total yeah forward. that
1: was during big big week yep big yep, week so. so
0: the uh what is it the oh uh, no that his fifth one was during big his week. fifth one yeah yep. that's right yep <laughs> so as we mentioned his fifth kill um was a bf 109 which was during big week which was um the last week of february uh did you i did you find why they call it big week was it like um, the, a big offensive yeah
1: or? i would equate it to just a huge it was a huge um basically just uh they Threw everything they had at mm-hmm. RAF Bomber Command and you know the U.S. Army Air Force, all the air forces based there, 8th Air mm-hmm. Force included. Um, and uh, basically it was just a, a battle for air superiority. I mean, it kind of really? cemented U.S. air superiority. I mean, they started the attrition, started kind of showing its
0: and it its... was Operation Argument, is what, um, yes, yeah, the that was o- official the... code word, was.
1: yes, and then um you know the casualties were relatively high for uh for the bombers we mm-hmm. lost between the two air forces um, the numbers here say you know close to close to 350 bombers to uh about 260 fighters on the german side so um, we also lost uh a few a few fighters well but mm-hmm. but you know decisive bombing campaign it, it won the war yeah you know, it did way.
0: and you know we we can't talk about, you know, sacrifice in World War II mm-hmm. and not talk about American and British bomber crews. Right. Just, when it's
1: well, when one third of the B 17s were lost in combat, that just shows something it's there.
0: It's staggering, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, going back, <laughs> um, let's see, the last week of February and then uh, the day after his um fifth kill, making him an ace, he shot down his final air to air victory. And that was a German Focke wulf 190. Mm-hmm. So, um, two of the main, I'd say, fighters for yep. the German war effort towards the middle and end of the conflict. Um, so, promoted to captain by April 1944, Olsen was now flying a P 51B, which he had named Ma Fran IV. Um, we'll cover this more. at. Actually, in mm-hmm. fact, we'll we'll just wait till the end to cover them. Um, but all of his aircraft flew with the nickname Ma, Ma Fran. Fran. Yep. So, um, so do you want to talk a little bit about his final mission? Yeah.
1: So his final mission, um, uh, was on April, April 8th, 1944. Um, it was a, uh, strafing run and, uh, near, uh, cell heifer.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I said cell Selhe- hoffer. Hoffer.
1: Yeah, yeah. Pardon my German there. <laughs> um, uh, he did manage to get uh, two aircraft destroyed on the ground mm-hmm. on his passes. Um, other sources said he ran three passes, um, and all of his other wingmates or whoever was on the mission with him, um, they all just made one pass. So he kind of went for extra, yeah. You know? Um, and unfortunately, uh, he uh, was shot down by ground fire mm-hmm. and uh, killed. He was the only three hundred fifty fifth fighter group pilot to actually be, or ace to be killed in action. So pretty unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, the locals there buried him. That uh, was, which was pretty yeah, interesting. They
0: buried him in. Those, the, th- the city cemetery yeah. that's i'd be curious to know how many times that a uh, allied airman especially a american or british one went down um you know just after attacking a nearby military target and the mm. local population gave him a actual military right burial.
1: especially a german or belligerent you know yeah absolutely ancient. yeah and then he was uh in 1949 he was moved um to fort snelling
0: in minneapolis mm-hmm. and laid the final rest there yep so pretty, you know, pretty remarkable man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, six kills. That's an ace. Yeah, and he
1: was only on the front for about, you know, eight months. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. I mean, not a very long time, but made it quite an impact for sure.
0: Absolutely. So now we will move into the history of the three fifty seven Fighter Squadron. So I'm activated in late nineteen forty two at Orlando Air Base in Florida. Um, they were, you know, started off like any other training wing, uh, assigned, I think, P-40s, and then eventually moved up to P-47s. Um, I can't imagine that those P-47s would have been front line. Would they have been like B models?
1: They could have been B models that they advanced trained on, or they could have been training
0: on the, oh, they could? On the B models and brought over and then transferred over to Ds and gotcha. so on and so forth. So deployed to Germany, or excuse me, deployed to Europe, Um, the 357th originally focused on attacking German targets in the low countries. That, again, being Belgium, the Netherlands, and Luxembourg, um, mainly going after, you know, convoys, trains was a huge target, especially in the lowlands, Um, you know, military installations, airfields, a lot of ground interdiction, you know, stuff that the P-47 really excelled at, you know. You know, you hear people, especially a lot of World War II veterans, you know, many years ago or somewhat recently say that, um, you know, the P-47 could just take just colossal amounts of damage. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think what I think crews appreciated the most about it is that it could dish it back. So uh, if you haven't seen a P-47 in person, um, I would highly recommend one day going out of your way if you have to, to check one out. They are
1: big. What? well in the
0: 850s uh, yeah <laughs> tax
1: plus rockets or rockets bomb, whatever yeah. you throw at it it's just a it was its 810 it was the a10 of its it, day it pretty and, you know that's yeah. why the
0: a10 eventually earned the was like, named the thunderbolt too right it, it's uh it's pretty cool to see that lineage oh, yeah. um between the two very, very very highly regarded absolutely well. yeah. uh so later on um i believe it was actually just before olsen would have been killed Um, the squadron uh, started or changed their mission to bomber escorts. They would escort um, B-24 liberators and B-17s on, you know, bombing runs into German occupied territory Mm -hmm. Um, fighter sweeps, which, you know, I always forget the P-47 did that role. Like you you always, when you think of fighter escort instantly, you think of Mustangs, Mm -hmm. let's just be honest here. And then you think of the lightnings, maybe not, in the later years of the war, but you know, I you'd think that a lightning would escort bombers, but they didn't have the fuel range, if I remember Neither correctly.
1: of them really did. Yeah. They could go, but then they had to let them go at one point. Yep. But absolutely so 47 and 38 were all they had at first. The mm-hmm. B model Mustang was what was introduced just before Olson uh Olson's accident. And uh so yeah there there wasn't much for options. They just kind of had to do what they yep. could. Yep,
0: and, had to do um so actually i did find this out on april 5th 1944 the 357th earned their first distinguished unit citation Hmm. when they attacked uh i believe either it was obviously a german base but they attacked it during of all things a snowstorm Hmm. or a snow squall which basically the same thing um i couldn't find if there were any losses you know i would imagine there might have been one or two maybe a few more um, but yeah, attacking a German base in a snowstorm. it to be surprised. That's yeah, I nice, yeah. I would be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in I believe yeah in April 1944 the unit transitioned to the P uh, 51 Mustangs uh, B models as yeah. we were talking. Um, they would eventually convert to the D models that I'd say arguably the most famous. Yeah. Sorry if that comes to mind. Better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was in service for yeah, longer. Like, yeah. A lot longer, but. Um, They provided air cover for the Normandy landings during the D-Day operation, and uh, they flew missions, uh, air interdiction missions, up until the uh, end of the war. Mm. Um, And then, like many World War II units, they were uh, disbanded um, almost immediately. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Uh, What I did find out, interestingly, was the 357th was reactivated in the early 1950s as the 357th fighter fighter interceptor squadron mm-hmm. so it was one of those units that you know had lineage in world war ii and then flew uh, f-86 d l and l saber dog so yeah you, you take a you know K- korean era f-86 saber and then you put a big old snoopy nose radar right and
1: basically f- change everything but the wings. literally yeah.
0: literally and i i've heard people say that the saber dog was just a um, you know what kind of word i'm gonna say to fly it was ugly it was a face that only max could love and that is true Mm -hmm. i do love a saber dog oh yeah but um that mission lasted uh not quite that long they were eventually deactivated um in the late 1950s but then brought back during the buildup for the vietnam war as the 357th tactical fighter squadron flying the very venerable f-105 thunder chief they flew F 105s in combat during the Vietnam War, I believe, from Korat, Royal Thai Air Force Base. Um, it could have been Techili. I might have said that wrong, but um, the 357th got around mm. with their missions and their lineage for sure. Um, so after one, the 105s, they flew A 7D Corsairs. And I believe now they fly uh, A-10s yes. from Davis-Monthan Air Force Base.
1: That's what I saw. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and they are uh, A-10 training wh- or A-10 training squadron and A-10 instructor training squadron. Mm-hmm. So they're training the next generation of A-10 instructors. Uh, so you know a really distinguished unit history right. and the fact that um, a North Dakota, longtime North Dakota native, we should say, obviously is. Winnipeg guy, so Mm -hmm. can't call him a native on paper, I guess, whatever. But um the fact that he was the only one that was lost in combat during the second world war is yeah, pretty, pretty neat. Maybe not neat, but interesting. It it, you know, it's a historical tidbit that is yeah, for sure worthy of mentioning.
1: Yeah, and um one thing to touch on the three fifty fifth fighter group uh during its time in World War II. Um equipped the same way because you know the three fifty seventh was part of it. But the whole group was nicknamed the Steeple Morden Strafers, hmm. so uh, basically because they destroyed the most aircraft on the ground out of all of Eighth Fighter Command. Really? Yep, over fifteen hundred. So
0: oh, I had no idea. That's super crazy. cool. Yeah, so Steeple that's Morden a, Strafers.
1: Yep. So that's the their nickname, and he was definitely part of that. Absolutely. And so absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Talk about his uh, nose art, uh, Ma Fran uh, his wife was named as Francis. So oh, cool. that's, that's where that came from. A lot of people named their aircraft after wives. Yep. Um, usually the ones that weren't pinups <laughs> were about their wives or mm-hmm. something. And you know, the pinups they definitely were not. Yeah. So. No,
0: yeah I, I don't know if I'd want to paint my girlfriend half naked on the side of my airplane for other guys to see and give. No. Me and one then one for, so. I imagine <laughs> she wouldn't appreciate it. Either, no. So, no. uh but that being said, um, let's see, he flew for sure a P47. Mm-hmm. It looked like a, a D model razorback.
1: Yep, a D model razorback. Um, the 350 fifth fighter group markings in general are were pretty common to all of drab mm-hmm. with white striping. Um and the
0: 357, their code was OS,
1: if I remember yes. correctly. Yep. Yep. And they uh as far as I know, there aren't any. 47s marked like that same with 51s um you can find a 51 here in fargo you can find a 47 Uh, bonnie a d D model just freshly restored out in um out in minot so we need to go see that i know here we're
0: we're working on figuring out we're working
1: on some actual video content for you guys just a matter of time winter i feel like we'll have a little bit more absolutely more more time to do that so
0: uh but yeah um that kind of sums it up. Yeah. Uh, do we have any other stuff to talk about before we uh, sign off?
1: No, it was a fun, fun time to research this one. We have, um this was episode seven. So we have three left. We have oh. two, two Hellcats and one uh, Spitfire that we need to talk yeah. about. So there you we got go. three more, three more, as far as we know. And then we are working on a Minnesota mm-hmm. Aces series. We probably will take a break between mm-hmm. them just so we can offer some other content. Yeah. Um, and we kind of want to go all out on the research on that, yeah. Thumbnails and all that too.
0: Track them down, you know. Really figure out. Um, I if you know a lot of we're both pretty close. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're right across the river from Minnesota. Um, what I think would be really cool is if some of these guys are buried locally, at least in northern Minnesota.
1: Go and check them out. That, yeah.
0: I mean, that's that's close by. See if the towns have any um, any historical information about their families exactly stuff like that yeah so, and
1: i mean we're already after digging around a little bit we're at about 15 aces and that's just oh. quickly looking
0: uh, and I, uh, let, let's just we won't give them away but there at least there's one that i think we are both yeah, really excited it,
1: if north dakota was a mixed bag um minnesota, minnesota is it's a big melting pot of it is experiences,
0: that is the yeah. best way to describe
1: it so it's it'll be it'll be a lot of fun um you know, we're going to come up with more videos too, of course. Um, I'd love to uh, uh get on another kebab trip. We've found a little bit lately, so yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Uh, but yeah, uh, so that concludes this episode. Um, we'll probably be bringing back another Hellcat one next yep, time, but more
0: than likely, <laughs> but uh, still a
1: great story nonetheless. And uh, we, we hope think, you guys enjoy it. Yeah, we thank you guys for sticking around, and we'll see you on the next one. Yep, take it easy.